What a tremendous blessing we have to meet in his name this morning. I've always liked tent revivals. I get that feeling and we kind of like a tent. You know, fresh air and I've helped out a few of those. and I've always really liked them. Glad to see you here this morning. Even though some of you are far away, I hope you can hear me okay. Uh, you can turn me up if I get too quiet. You can also turn me down. <laughs> and because uh, I don't like anybody's ears getting hurt or anything. But I'm, I'm glad it is Father's Day. And uh, glad to look out of this congregation and see what I feel like as fathers that really care about their children. And I uh, commend you for that, that effort, because it's well worth it. Consistency is always a challenge. One verse has always spoke to me as a dad, and I'm finding out daddying never quits. Uh, maybe, maybe it does, hasn't for me yet, because it goes to grandchildren, and I even see children that still need some encouragement. And uh, it was in last Sunday's Sunday school lesson, and it goes like this. It's Genesis 18, 19. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, and the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Every last one of us need the blessing and guidance of the Lord. We really need it. But basically, I think he's saying, look, I don't think... I don't get the idea that Abram said, okay, you do this, you do that. I mean, he was a big commander-in-chief. He was a man of principle. He was a man of character. And he was a man of conviction. I firmly believe that. Because he said, look, Lot, you can choose whatever, and I'll do, I'll go wherever. I don't need that fruited plains. He was a man of principle and conviction. And uh, I really believe for us today as men, we're going to be what we should be. We don't just say, well, the church says you need to do this. Because it's biblical principles. We make our standards in our home biblical principles. And praise God, you know, so we do what is right and wrong. Did your children know what sin or is everything a lot gray to you? And nowadays, the gray air is getting bigger and bigger for some people. And I don't think it's getting bigger for God. And so, you know, I encourage you to be men... Fathers like Abraham, where the children know that there's a God we serve, and we want to serve him, and we serve him because we love him. And this means there's sin, and then there's righteousness. And uh, we want to be those that uh, live righteously and, uh, and do right. And it's from the belief in our heart as men that we're going we're gonna to live that way. And so uh, that, that's our opportunity to do that. This wind is making it interesting up here. And, and so what a tremendous blessing now that we have to live that way. Well, there was a number of years ago, several thousand if I remember correctly, that uh, there was a man, he had, he had a, lot of, a lot of things, a lot of stuff. He had a lot of animals and evidently he was right wealthy. And, uh, and he prayed for his children, like every good mom and dad does. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, they come in and said, you know, everything's wiped out. All your stuff is going. And all of a sudden, you know, find out all your children are going. They're going too. 
And I was reading this recently in my devotions, and a verse really spoke to me. Was, uh, I thought maybe a word of encouragement for today. And it says in Job 2, verse 10, after his wife said, I'll read verse 9, and then his wife said, do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. So he lost his, all of his animals, and he lost his family, and his wife was no help whatsoever. And he said, you know, after all that, he said, after all this, Job did not sin or charge God of any wrong. And his wife said that, you know, what in the world are you doing? And he, he said something then that I think really speaks to us today. For he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women speak. Shall we indeed accept good from the Lord and shall not accept adversity? And all this, Job did not sin with his lips. And I want to encourage you. Some people think this is adverse times. And I really think we're stretching it to say that. But he said, shall we receive all these good things from the Lord? And we think it's a little adverse to do some social distancing and some face masking. He said, what are you talking about? Now, remember, Job was saying this. Let's put this in context. Job, that lost everything. We would feel like he lost everything, but his spirituality. He lost it all. And he said in Job 10, shall we accept the blessings from God and not be willing to be a people of character when we have a little adversity? Maybe I shouldn't say little. I think he had a lot of adversity, actually. Well, that spoke to me. You know, I think we ought to be able to live in these times with a smile on our face and willingly and cheerfully do what is right for conscience sake. Talked to someone not too long ago, and he said, well, when this first started, you know, we kind of, we met back a long lane, and la, la, la. You know, in other words, they violated. Heard somebody say, how about conscience? How about conscience? For conscience sake. Well, just a word of encouragement to keep things in perspective for us here this morning. That's always good. Nehemiah said, you know, he helped build the wall there. And they needed the wall. These are miscellaneous thoughts for encouragement, okay? And, uh, and he come there, and they were building that wall, and they had trouble, and then there was problems in the camp. They were charging interest to their, to their brothers and sisters in the Lord. They were charging interest, and he said, you got to get rid of this problem. And they had another problem. They'd, they had all kinds of problems. Then they started getting out the Bible. And that's what it takes to keep us on the rock. And I uh, got the word. And, and then Nehemiah 9, they took uh, the word and they started having to confess. And the, and the Levites were speaking to them. And there was a verse there that stood out to me. That's what I like about the scripture. Every time you read it, if you read it open mind and heart and meditate, it just, just pop out and do it. Uh, Nehemiah 9, verse 20 says. And also, and after they had all these sins, and he reviewed the sins of the past, other parents were stiff-necked. Their fathers were stiff-necked. They didn't listen. And yet God pardoned them. He come back to the mercy of the Lord and the kindness of the Lord, and he's always there. And then he said, you know, you know, you went by night, and the pillar by night uh, led you, and uh, the cloud by the day led you. And then he said in verse 20, and also gave you, gave your good, 
good spirit to he gave you your good spirit to instruct you. And I was kind of amused that the Lord said through the Levites that the, your, he gave you the good spirit. The Holy Spirit led them in the Old Testament. Now, the wonderful thing is, uh, excuse me, to instruct you. You know, people like to be led by the Spirit. I think every good Christian wants to be led by the Spirit. But the point I want to make out is he instructs us. And I think, and I think it's what he wants to do uh, when we read the Word and when we hear the Word of God preached. Uh, he wants to instruct us. And so that means he gives us inspirations to give us a belief and a conviction on his Word that I need to do this and I don't want to do thus. And that was a real blessing to know that, really, the good Holy Spirit back in the Old Testament was doing that. And he still does that, uh, does that for us today. So, uh, I really wanted to give a Father's Day sermon. But the Lord led me to finish up the Holy Spirit sermons. Okay, you had two. Now, this will be, hopefully, the last one for now. A month ago, we uh, looked at... Uh, the second and third point, and the one is that you're going to have real joy. You live with joy in your life and your heart from the Lord, and you have a reasonable level of discernment, and that means uh, that you know right from wrong, and you're trying to grow in knowing right and wrong. And then the, third, the, the next point is, and we looked at this morning here, the, the starters, is you have power. Now, see, it, it is a bad day. Or it's a sad situation that we have when you know this is wrong, okay? Let's say, let, let's just say for an illustration, well, I, I better not do that. Well, maybe I can. That you want to go to the fair, okay? And you know there's tractors there and vegetables there and there's a carnival there. And you know you kind of like to go and you can justify it in your own mind. I've seen people do this, okay? You know, and so next year, but you know you really shouldn't, you know? And there's a battle going on. You call it gray. But you know you really shouldn't. Power is the ability to say no to what you know you shouldn't do. That's power, okay? Then Scripture says in Acts 1, verse 8, But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I'm going to stop there because that's where it's, it's very important. And you know we know, and you shall receive power. And I, it, in the day and age when I've already relayed this, when there's that gray area keeps big, getting bigger, and bigger that you know what we have less power in our life have you ever noticed that you make you see people have a huge gray area there's very little sin in their life and uh, and they don't have much strong conviction or anything you know what you have their appetites you know reading the Bible and yeah, it's just whatever it's kind of a cold formality if they do it and they're not getting inspired much they're not really enthused about going to church you know if they you know if they'd have a little affliction you know a little adversity, you know, they wouldn't do that. They'd sooner stay at home. That's the way a powerless life, a lukewarm life would look. But he said, look, if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, I'm going to give you power, okay? That's critically important because to, to know what you should do and to be powerless or to be weak and anemic and not overcome it is a very miserable life. And too many Christians, in quotes, live that way.
But he said, I'm going to give you power. My Holy Spirit is going to energize you and give you the strength to live that overcoming walk and life. And that's beautiful. We can have that. You know that dunamis power? And I love talking about dynamite. You probably all heard that. I'm telling you. Dunamis power is dynamite. And it, it, it is, it, it's very um, powerful. Okay? That's, I'll just leave it there. Uh, it really changes things. And this power will also change our lives. Ephesians. It's a prayer. Ephesians 3, verse 16. I'd like to read this. Where it says, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might. Strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. And I tell you, that's what I want. And that's what every good Christian wants. They want to be strengthened with his might. And you know how it is? It's by his spirit. In other words, it is, it is good to think, look, Lord, I, I you know, the, the allurements are there, and the temptations are there. Lord, I need you to help me. We do. We do. And you know what? He's got plenty of power if we're willing to hear his Holy Spirit and to, and to follow it and to call for his help in it. You, the Holy Spirit, God, has plenty of power to overcome any temptation that you have, any allurement. As lukewarm, as gray as you make it, if you know that it's not right, and you know deep down you have that haunting spirit. I probably shouldn't do this, but he gives you the power to overcome it. That's beautiful. That's what he wants in our lives. So, if strength is failing, follow the spirit. Ask him to help you. Listen to him. Uh, let him speak to you and say, Lord, I want to grow in your holiness. I want to be led by you. I want to please you. And it'll make all the difference in the world. We should never live a life of constant defeat. Personally, by the Holy Spirit, never leads that kind of life. And, and I like to look at Romans also. Romans 15, 13. There's another verse for our encouragement. He said, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now we all need the hope that we're living righteously. We all need the hope that we're living in such a way that it's pleasing to Jesus. We all need the hope that we're living today in a way that if he called me home today, I would go home to live with him. Friends, I tell you, if we aren't living that way, we are living a miserable, hopeless life. And God never wants that. He never planned that for anybody on the earth. He has a plan that says, you commit to me, you follow me, and my spirit will be with you. And I'll give you that living, lively hope, that living hope, that, 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 and strength to be overcoming. I'll give it to you, and you'll have that hope. And you know what? That makes life meaningful. That makes life worth living. Well, Jesus was led by the Spirit. And, it's, uh, and it says in Luke 4, verse 1, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And you know what happened there? He was tempted of the devil. Matthew 4 and Luke 4. And uh, there uh, he had special temptations. 
I really believe, you know, it's interesting to think about, you know, that tells you about these temptations of Jesus, these three major ones that cover a lot of categories. I'm not sure that it tells you any more that Jesus was tempted. And yet we do know he was tempted in all points like as we are. I strongly believe he was tempted a lot more than just there. I strongly believe he was. He was a man of flesh. And uh, so he was, he was strongly tempted, but I'm glad he said about these. And it's interesting to review that again, and we see Jesus quoting Scripture. Now, we can say, well, he knew all Scripture. Well, maybe he did. But I, I don't question that the Holy Spirit led him to say what he said. Even if he did know all Scripture, you know, which one he he quoted appropriate scriptures to defeat the devil. And that's what the Holy Spirit does for you, friends, and us as believers. You know what I mean? You know, so you, you read it, you bathe yourself in it, and you don't know all the scriptures. But you know what? You've read them. And you believe them. And you're pondering on them. You're meditating or You're being fed and led by the Spirit. And you know what? So he's saying you can be like Jesus. You at least tempt you. Uh, you know, we can always say... Get thee behind me, Satan. You know, he didn't try to say to justify or legitimize the things. You know, he lived a life of tranquility a lot of times. It wasn't too tranquil, Roxy, when he was uh, tempted. But uh, they come and tested him, I think the scripture says. Sometimes it says tempted. Uh, by the scribes and Pharisees and Sadducees to, to try to corner him and get him to uh, in, in, in a hard way. I mean, he, he didn't, everything wasn't just that easy for him. And yet you can see a life of a, of a direct connection to the Father that you and I have in the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Spirit, and he was overcoming in a constant, in a consistent way. Well, sometimes we're kind of like a school van I had years ago. And so it was a gas engine. And somebody, some, some person made the mistake of putting diesel fuel in that van. And we fired that thing up. And we didn't know that what they did. And there was a lot of sputter and a lot of smoke, but almost no fire. And I had to think that sometimes that's the way people are. I mean, they make a stir, and there's a lot of sputter, and there's a lot of racket, and there's a lot of commotion, and there's very little fire. You know what happens? You find out you suck out all the bad the diesel fuel, and you put in gas. Now, I know the Holy Spirit isn't gas, but it does gas your engine, okay? It does fuel it up anyhow. And you know what? That thing run. I mean, you could put 12 full-bodied adults in there, and it had no trouble. It was a 460, okay? It drank gas. And, uh, and it, could, it really, it was moving. It was going. And you know what? And that's what God wants with us. You know, he wants to, he wants to give us that power. Also, it sure is true in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 6, here it says, He also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. And I like that. And I really, we need to remember that. Because so many times when we lay down the letter of the law, it comes across cold, whether it's children or church members. <laughs> but you know, when we say, Lord, I mean, in the Bible it says this, and we're trying to apply that in our lives, 
The Spirit helps us understand and gives us life to do it. And what a tremendous blessing that is. Now, I'd like to relate a little bit to the last message. I talked about discernment. And I mentioned, and you probably forgot, but I'll review it with you again. A man that was having trouble with uh, his internet usage, and he decided to get rid of his smartphone and, buy, and got a flip phone. Do you remember that? Well, that's what I said. Because <laughs> you know what? He decided, you know what? I am using this too much. It's encroaching on my spiritual walk. I need to change something. See, the Holy Spirit gives you power to do that. The Holy Spirit just don't convict us to say, look, Something needs to change. He gives us the power to change. See, this is power. But what I didn't say that I want to say is that I know that some of you have availed yourself to that power because we get these Internet accountability cards, which I, I hope you're taking seriously getting back because you need to take it seriously. This is a battle zone. This is a battle zone for us. It really is. So you might as well be heads up. God cares, we care, and the brotherhood cares, okay? And so we do these, we don't, we're, not, we're not trying to lay down a letter of the law. We're saying, look, I don't want something to encroach on my spiritual walk. You know, this is a tool that I can use for good, but this is also a tool that the devil baits you to be entertained by, to waste time on. And whatever it may be, whether it's games or social media or just whatever, just spending time on uh, important videos like how to fish and how to hunt and things like that, that some people waste a lot of time doing. And I don't think God thinks that's a gray area. I don't think God thinks. But I want to commend you that numerous ones of you have said, this thing is overcoming to me. It's too much. And you've changed numerous ones of you. And I commend you for that. That's called power. That's Holy Spirit power working. And you know what? The world just keeps beckoning. And the world just kind of an oddity thing out there. They're just greedy and whatever. And all of a sudden, you know, the world has a whole system, a mindset that is run by Satan. And whether it is fads and fashions, hairstyle and beards, frills on clothes, hairstyle on women even. When we follow that, it isn't a gray area. It isn't gray. And God cares. I want to tell you, friends, he gives you the power to overcome that. He gives us the power to say no. He gives us the power to live an overcoming life and say, look, Lord, I want to do what you want me to do. I'm not going to follow that worldly system. I'm not going to do that. Praise God. He gives you the power. That's the power to overcome. And I tell you, what a tremendous blessing we have there. That he gives us discernment. And then he gives you power. And then we, because we want to grow in righteousness. Also, another point. When the Holy Spirit comes in life, you will have a testimony. And I didn't know, I don't know really how to describe this. But, uh, you know, if you were a peasant and you were a slave, then all of a sudden you was adopted into the royal family. Now, that's what England, I think over in England, they call it the royal family. And some you might think your family's royal. But you know what? The royal family is the family of God, correct? 
the royal family is the family that we become in when we're born again. Now, if you was a peasant and you got to go in the royal family and you was kind of like, like maybe like Moses, you got to eat Pharaoh's food. And you're in Pharaoh's court. You know what? Most people say, guess where I live. Guess who, guess who I'm now in the party. And they've adopted me. You know what I mean? You know, I had to think. We were actually lowly peasants for sure before we were without Jesus. Yeah. We, we were slaves, actually, to Satan. And then to, to think that through the new birth and the conversion experience, I become part of God's family. And you, that's super royal. I mean, okay, that's mega royal, or whatever the right word is, to give us a drift. You know, wouldn't you be pleased to identify with them? Wouldn't you be pleased to talk about your father? Wouldn't you be pleased uh, to, to say how good and what he's done for you? You know, and I get around people, and I enjoy talking to people. I learn a lot. But, you know, some people like to talk a lot about gardens, flower gardens, and tractors, farming. They used to talk about farming more, and they don't talk about much since it's a poor. Deer hunting. I don't know why I keep talking about Oh, I'll just tell you why. Because I enjoy deer hunting and fishing, okay? Because this is the one that speaks close to me. And that's easy to talk about. It's easy to talk about things. But how about when testimony time comes and you get to talk about Jesus? Yeah, that's a real opportunity we have. You know, how about those neighbors and those salesmen and those customers that come? Well, we're given encouragement. Uh, a lot of encouragement, First Peter 3.15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always. Always? Must have been a misprint. You can read it. That's what, and be ready always. Be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. I hope that's the way you feel. That's the way I'd like to be. That's the way I'd like to be. See, I think that's the way Jesus wants us to be. Be ready always. You know, that, that is way more important than the biggest, than the biggest bonus you got. And some of you that work for the co-op or something have had some big bonuses in your day. And I'm sure, if it wouldn't sound like you was bragging, you was glad to talk about it. I'm sure with your wife and your closest friends, it was much uh, rumination over that. See, you know, we talk about what excites us. Be ready always to give an answer for the hope that is within you. The psalmist psalm said some challenging words where he said in Psalm 145, 11, and 12, Ye shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and his glorious majesty of his kingdom. So he's working in our lives. We love him. We're reading his word. But you know what? Even if something didn't happen as much as it should be, maybe I'm waiting a little bit. We can always speak of the mighty acts of the Lord in the kingdom. Okay? We're in a wonderful kingdom, yes? So we are to be fishers of men. And of course, you know, the, the second half of the verse in Acts 1, verse 8, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And it just acts like it's a natural product. And it should be. When the Holy Spirit is you, and you shall be witnesses both unto uh, me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Witnesses in Jerusalem. We have a neighbor there in Williamsville. 
And this man was in the highest end of the military. He don't tell you much, but he told us some interesting stories, and he keeps them fairly generic because he, he don't want to say, but he's up uh, middle to upper 70s now. He talks a little bit about them, and I tell you, he was up the military man. This is not a man of God and at all. And I was really pleased. You know, at times, uh, some people around him use some bravery, and they bring in the Lord every now and then. God bless them for doing that. That man now, he's open for cottage meetings. He enjoys Bible studies. I'm amazed how God works. I'm amazed how God works. It's kind of challenging because people are intimidating. But, you know, we have a lot of opportunities. And, uh, and you know, God wants us to use them. You know, God is faithful to give us the words. You know, I've heard people say, well, I get tongue-tied. And, you know, a lot of times in, this, in witnessing, we do kind of get tongue-tied. If you ever know, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about or not. But uh, he said in Matthew 10, verses 16 to 20, the scripture says, Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. And actually, most of our people around us, we don't have to feel like they're wolves. A few do. They're a little bit whatever. They're challenging, but not really a lot of our neighbors, people we meet, they're not wolves. They're fairly passive. But be ye therefore wise as serpents, as harmless, as harmless as doves, and be, but beware of men. For they shall deliver you up into the council, and they will scourge you in the synagogues. We know nothing about this. And ye, and ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. For when they deliver you up, take no thought how and what you shall speak, for it shall be given to you that same hour what you shall speak. For it is not ye that speak, but the Spirit of your Father which speaketh in you. And that's amazing. That is beautiful. And I'm, I hope it's happened to you. And, it, and it's just marvelous when it does happen. Lord, give me opportunities. There's several things that, that if you want to be a vessel, want to be a steward of the gospel, we need to be doing praying that the Lord will give you opportunities, which he does. <laughs> now, we don't need to pray, but well, use my opportunities and give me the right words to say. God, help us. You know, we don't come there with a formula. We come there with an open spirit to speak the, the words of Jesus and then go before me to soften the heart so they'll hear what you have to say. And I'll tell you, it's amazing. When, when you do those things, it's amazing what God can do with your people that meet you. And uh, uh, it, it, God just wants to use us. And so we don't know what to say. But his Holy Spirit knows what to say. And you'll say things... I, I bet it happens, but I've never thought it for years. I don't know why I said it. You know, the Holy Spirit just led me. Uh, oh, it's a tremendous blessing. Paul said, one of the best missionaries uh, in, in time at all, it said Ephesians 6, verse 19. Verse, Ephesians 6, verse 19, as for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly. That's what we got to do. Open our mouth boldly to make known the mysteries of the gospel. Wow, what a blessing. What a blessing. Paul, if God can work with Paul, that was an ant, 
such anti-person against the church before he was converted. Friends, I praise God he can use every one of us as Christians here this morning. He can use us to proclaim the word of God to others. You know, we need to be praying. We need to be being available. And I really believe that when we're doing that, I tell you, it, it's a growthy environment for us spiritually. It's just because when you're doing that, you, you, you want to be spiritually minded. You want to be spiritually led. And your life is meaningful. If you've got anything near a boring life spiritually, let the Spirit lead you. Let Him guide you. Uh, let Him uh, realize the open doors and opportunities He's given you. And you know what? The kingdom will be expanded. God bless you in doing that. And God bless you in keeping up doing it. And God bless you in accelerating doing it, if that needs to be. So we want to be Holy Spirit-led people. And he come for an express purpose, where it says in John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, that it is expedient that I go away. For if I go away, go not away, the Comforter will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you, the Comforter. Aren't you glad for the Comforter? Have you noticed he don't comfort very much when, we're, when you're lukewarm have you, or when we're wayward? But he wants us to live in the arena of following him and comfort us. But you know what it real, literally means? It literally means strengthener. Literally. Because if we're not strengthened by him and we're not living that overcoming life, there's not much comfort in this. <laughs> but when we are following him, and we're following his word, and we're living in victory. We have discernment. We're overcome. We're saying no to worldly lust, worldliness, and worldly fads, and things. We're saying no to that. We're saying yes, Lord. I want to be more holy. I want to live a righteous life. I want to speak for you. You know what? He's your strengthener, and he's also your comforter. He comes to comfort you, and he, so he's come for the express purpose to comfort, strengthen, convict. And instruct, okay? Wow, what a blessing. Truly, when you follow him faithfully, I'll get to say it one more time, Brother Robert, you're never alone. You can go in the back 40 and worship like you feel like and think you're violating, and you're never alone. Jesus is right there. He's watching you, and he wants to strengthen you. And I tell you, friends, if we live in that acknowledgement, what a tremendous blessing. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That super royal family. Do we all want to be? In fact, we must be in that family if we're going to be in heaven. We must be in that family. And just because we claim the name of Jesus, I mean of Christian, you know what? There's some criteria, and that's following the Spirit. So the question still comes back to you, to all of us. If the Holy Spirit left your life, would anything change? You go to church. You sing. You, we do a lot, have a lot of good formalities, and I'm not knocking them. But the Holy Spirit isn't leading us. See, I'm talking about a fulfilled life tomorrow. He's leading us, guiding us in the truth. He's inspiring us by his word. It's a living word, and it energizes. We get power from it. Wow, this life is not a drum, humdrum life. He prompts us. We're growing in righteousness. We're saying no to more and more things. And yes, yes, then we know the Holy Spirit's leading us. 
what a blessing we can have after going through a law, sometimes it's dry and unfulfilling, to say, Lord, I'm coming back to you. You lead me. I'm going to start. I'm going to follow your spirit. I'm going to obey you. And then life has purpose. Life has fulfillment. One time, man was having revival meetings. And a woman come to forward and she said, you know what? He gave a sermon along this line. He said, I think I'm half full of the spirit. I don't know if you'd see that as a problem. I guess a half full is better than none, but I'm not sure. And the, and the preacher asked him, what's in the other half? That was the problem. He said she about to stomp out, about to leave. And finally she said, you know what? That is my problem. That is my problem. And she repented. See, we need to be full of the Holy Spirit. We don't want complacency. We don't want to quench the Spirit. And that's easily done. We don't want to resist or grieve the Spirit. But every time He speaks to us and we don't listen, we're doing that. We want to be those that have that blessed life in Jesus. We're so blessed. We want to have that life that's full of real joy, inner joy. We want to have that Holy Spirit discernment that we need so badly. We want to have that power to overcome, to live that overcoming life. And we want to live that life following Him that just glows and radiates of a consistent life and I did a consistent testimony of what Jesus has done for them that draws people by the Spirit through their lifestyle and their lips to draw them to the Lord. Friends, that's why we're here. God bless you with living that meaningful, blessed life in the Holy Spirit. God bless you.